My new book is out, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. It hit the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, and I just wanted to say thank you. I hope you get it at capitalistbook.com. Here's what user Jay Eggleston said in an Amazon review. Warning, this book is addicting, is Nathan the new Tim Ferriss. He said, I met Nathan during my college days when he was still CEO of Hayo. I knew he was inspiration since the day I met him. The book is totally a Nathan Latka original, and this is the new four-hour work week. Warning, though, it is addicting. I'm not sure how long I've been reading it now, and the only thing that is making me from put it down is the dreaded workday tomorrow. Six people found that helpful. Get the book today at capitalistbook.com. Sometimes it's easy to start as an entrepreneur. We always have ideas, but you rarely think about, okay, well, how long do I give myself to see if this thing reaches scale before I decide now is the time to quit this gracefully? He wishes he maybe knew that earlier. But meantime, Own Local is growing, caught 20, 30% year over year growth. They did 11 million bucks in revenue in 2017. Again, helping uh, over 4 billion impressions across many, many newspapers around the country basically print and, and change print advertising into a new digital stream for them. They're looking at expanding today, founded about in 2010, 3.5 million bucks raised, Own Local. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Lloyd Armbrust. After working inside newspapers for over 10 years, he started Own Local to fix the business of news. With initial seed investment from Y Combinator, Own Local has grown to work with 276,000 small businesses through 3,500 newspaper partners all around the world. Today, Own Local is profitable and growing with eight-figure revenues. Lloyd, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right. So dive deeper there. So what does Own Local do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? So what we do is is we partner with local newspapers that are already have existing customer base. So think small and medium-sized businesses that are still buying newspaper ads today. A lot of those folks, for whatever reason, aren't buying ads online. And so what we do is make it really easy for that newspaper to turn that print advertisement into an online advertisement. And how does that work? Can you give me a customer, like name a customer story that you have permission to share? Like a specific small business? Yeah, um, some, maybe someone here in Austin. Yeah. So we do work with the Austin American Statesman. Okay. Um, so basically anybody, any, I mean, probably a lawyer, car dealership. Um, I'm trying to think like maybe Charles Mod Toyota, something like that. What we do is we take their print advertisement. Now, obviously they're doing a lot of online stuff. A lot of these, a lot of the Austin's a, a, a bad example actually for us because a lot of our partners are, are really smaller newspapers, but, um, but we do work with um, a lot of the big newspapers as well. And so um, in, in that case, we would be working with, say, a, a local car dealership and they would have their online strategy. But they're also they have a print strategy as well. And so what we're doing is we're taking that print campaign. We're extracting the data. Our technology extracts like the offer information or uh, the special that they're running, you know, a lease offer or something like that. Well, we suck out that the creative as well or just text based? We, we suck out the creative, but the creatives are usually pretty bad uh, with the exception of car dealers. 
which is why they're a bad example. But um, usually the, the, the uh, in fact, so we, we process about 170,000 ad campaigns a month. And um, I would say probably 160,000 of them are uniquely terrible. Um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, just think about middle America and, uh, you know, design. It's, 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 it's not really there. And so what we're doing is we're taking that, um, offer information and sometimes the creative, like we'll take, um, so our tech, uh, we actually have a, a patent on this where we can take out the different layers of a PDF. Uh, so we can pull, like if there's an image of the owner or, uh, the logo of the business or, uh, an image of, let's say they're a plumber, an image of their truck or something like that. We can pull that out and use that in a, in an online creative. Um, but typically we have this, we use our uh, database of a hundred thousand plus stock photos that we've uh, curated and own the rights to. Um, that we can match with that local business. So what we're able to really uh, do well is, since we work with so many businesses all around the countries, is we know what will work really well for a florist. So I say I have all of these templates, all of these advertisements for florists that I can easily plug in the data for that local florist, uh, but it will work really well on Facebook or Google or wherever. So Lloyd, what does that look like? I'm, I'm here in Austin. Let's say I'm a local florist, Nathan's Flowers. I spend, I'm making this up, 500 bucks a month in the Austin Statesman. You're a client. Now, does Austin Statesman pay you for this or do they just build through to me directly to pay you? Yeah, so they they would bill you directly, uh, being the the florist, and then we would do the creative and everything. It's kind of, we call it gray label. They are usually aware of own local and the fact that we exist, but, um, the power of, of our brand is really the local brands that we work through. Okay. So let's finish that story. 500 bucks a month is typically what I'm spending there. They'll say, Hey, Nathan, if you use own local, pay us another 200 bucks a month, we'll launch these online ads on austinstatesman.com for you. Yeah. So that's a very typical example. We do is it, they would do an auto bundle. So it's a, what we call an opt out sales model because think about the small businesses today that are just buying print, right? They're, there's a reason they're not buying online. They're uncomfortable. They don't want to make the decision. They want to make the jump. And so what we're doing is saying like, okay, you're spending $500 a month. You're going to spend $50 for a very, very small online campaign, which we're going to automate for you. You're not going to have to make any decisions, not going to have to make any creative decisions. We're going to create this campaign and let's see how it goes. And if you don't like it, you can cancel. And what happens is then we can take that and then turn that into a larger campaign later on. So should I, from a business model perspective, in terms of how you make money, Lloyd, should we think about this as a kind of ad tech platform or a pure play SaaS, you know, revenue stream? It's really a hybrid. Um, when you try to look at and, and like benchmark our business, it's, it's very hard to do so against standard SaaS metrics, because on one end, we're going to be like blowing like Yelp's numbers out of the water. But on the other end, like it's going to look like we have really high churn because of the way that the newspaper industry churns. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so have you raised capital? And if so, how much? Yeah, we've raised just a very small amount. Um, You know, we were in Y Combinator a long time ago in 2010. And right after that, we raised just under a million dollars. Since then, we've raised a total of three and a half million dollars. In additional or cumulative? And total revenue or total, uh, total revenue. Total. And you said revenue in the eight figures. When did you pass 10 million? Um, that would have been last year. Last year. Okay. We did and 11, we did $11 million last year. That's great. And that's, that is it taking December and it's a forward looking run rate or that's cash collected in 2017. No, we, we typically, we, we like to think of things in terms of fiscal year. Got it. But I'm just saying that's actually receipts capture, not a run. That's rate. correct. Yeah, yeah. We did $11 million in, in, uh, in 2017. And how much of that is any portion of the $50 automatic campaign you're launching for Nathan's florist, is any of that going towards a flat 
SaaS related fee to you, or is it all just a cut of ad spend? Yeah, it's actually, there is no ad spend in that initial uh, spend because what we're doing is we're standing up our own, basically our ad, our own ad network on the newspaper's website that has our ad units inside it. So we do, you know, about 4 billion impressions a month on this ad network that we basically own and operate. So there's see. no ad costs for us for that. The upsells that we do, um, which we're actually just getting into right now, this year, 2018, we're starting to kind of add on to that and say like, okay, let's take this ad and put it on Facebook. Let's put it on Google. Let's put it and sell it programmatically for you. That's actually a new thing that we're doing. So in terms of 2017's revenue, all of that was our own uh, operated, owned and operated ad network, and we don't have any pass-through revenue. So the, the number that we have made our newspaper partners, so that $50, if you want to do the math, we've actually made our newspaper partners in, in 2017, I think it was something like $110 million. We made our newspaper partners with that ad position. That's, now, what I was, we, that's what I was trying to figure out. So that 11 million is not total ad volume through your platform. You put over 100 million through your platform of which your cut was around 11 million. That's correct. I yep. got it. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, interesting. And what do you think you'll do this year? Uh, so we're, we, I'll just say that uh, we're targeting to do about uh, 20 to 30% growth, which is what we grew over uh, 20, uh, 2016 as well. Okay. When you go out, I mean, in these early funding conversations you had. It sounds like you're, well, first of all, I mean, are you cash flow positive today? We're cash flow positive and profitable. Okay. So if you were, I don't know if you are, but if you were going to go out and raise more capital and you were trying to position yourself around a multiple that looked more like a SaaS multiple versus a percent ad spend multiple right now, what would that dialogue sound like? How would you position that? So you're saying if I'm trying to raise money, um, how would we position the business? Well, not just raise money, but anyone valuing it. Let's say someone is even potentially acquiring the business, right? You're going to get a better multiple if you can make the revenue look like recurring SaaS revenue versus a percent of ad spend. Do you just forfeit and say, no, we are a percent ad spend, we're not SaaS? Or do you try and say, no, we are recurring, it's predictable revenue? It is recurring and predictable revenue. It does have very high churn because the newspapers that we work with have very high churn naturally. So you, you know that like something like a nine out of 10 businesses in their first year end up churning, yeah. right? Um, well, newspapers, it turns out, get a very high percentage of those customers because, you know, if you're running a business and you don't know what you're doing, let's say it's a, you know, a restaurant um, and it's your first year, one of the things you do is like, well, I need business cards and I need to advertise in the newspaper. And so we will get that ad once. And this is something like 50% of our, of our ads. Uh, so we'll see that customer one time. And those customers, that, that is a really high churn rate for us. So month over month, like we're looking at almost 50%. We never see that customer again. But then we have this cohort of about 20% of customers that just keep coming back every month, every month, every month. Yep. Now, so that's kind of how we model the business. But it's a new 50% is the thing. Yeah, I was going to say, well, and you're signing up a bunch more customers every month of people launching businesses. Does, now, does that make up the 50% loss? Is your net revenue retention positive each month or above it 100%? Is posi- it, is, it, is, it is positive, not each month because of seasonality. So it's a very seasonal business. Like uh, July, for example, is, is one of the worst um, for the business, just for the ad business in general, the print ad business. Um, uh, January is the worst. Yeah. Let me ask you a selfish question, Lloyd. As an entrepreneur, right, you're, you're bootstrapped. Well, you're not bootstrapped. You raised some capital, but now you're profitable. You kind of are doing your own thing. You don't need to raise. Let's say you don't raise at all and you're not looking. At, I mean, how do you get rich from own local? Right. Do you, you can't pay yourself dividends because like you have to then explain that to like the board. Do you have a dividend, like a profit sharing model with employees or how do you get how do you build wealth? 
That's a great question. Uh, we're looking at all avenues right now. Um, because of the nature of the newspaper industry and how they are, you know, not in growth mode anymore and the nature of our business. When we first started, we were doing, you know, triple digit growth every year. Um, that's slowed down. That's we're in the 20 to 30 percent. What year was that, by the way? What year was launch date? Uh, we launched in 2010. And I want to say we kind of floundered for a little bit. And I think from 2012, I don't know this for 100 percent sure. It's okay. on my head. From 2012 to 2016, I think we doubled revenue every year. 20, 2016 over 2015, we grew by 79%. Um, um, but then that is that has since slowed, and, and we're seeing a leveling. So I can see us growing 20 to 30% here in the next five years, which is still a great business. Um, and there are a couple things like this add-on option. You know, We're working with over 100,000 businesses uh, a month. Uh, uh, or a quarter rather, um, if we can take those and upsell them into these things, I mean, it could be a really big business, but right now we're just taking our, uh, profits and reinvesting in, in these kind of technologies to see what will happen. We are cash flowing a lot of money though. And so, um, you know, full candor, we're talking, we're looking at all options. We're talking about potentially, um, you know, giving dividends back to investors, um, yep. paying back some of it. A lot of our investors were raised on convertible notes and, you know, that's, that's really great for a high growth company, but have they converted yet or no, they're still notes and you've just put off the interest rate and renegotiated when they come due. Yeah, we just, we're just keeping the interest rate rolling for them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting place to be in. It's, you know, we have a great business, like I said, it is growing, but it's, it may not be that sort of rocket ship that we thought it was going to be in the beginning where we're going to continue to double revenue every year. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I value, you look at what Wistia just did in terms of buying out early investors, right? Same kind of concept. You built a business. We're looking at that. Yeah. It's like, cause what I'm thinking is if I'm you, I'm going, okay, I'm building a great business. If I don't want to exit though, how do I build wealth for myself, right? Without looking selfish. Well, the first thing you have to do is pay back your early supporters. So how do you do that? Do you buy them out? Is it dividends? What is it? Once you figure that out, then it's like, okay, let's say they're all bought out. A cap table is cleaner now. You're building the company. It's cash flowing like crazy, which makes you a potential target for private equity. Or you just personally pay you and other equity holders out like a profit sharing every year. And that's how you build personal wealth. I mean, is that kind of how you're thinking about it? I think any sort of um, exit or plan like this for the business, you have to look at three things. And I look at it in this order. I look at like, what are the employees thinking and what benefits the employees the most, right? So in, in a profit sharing scenario, I think you'd have to extend that to the employees as well. Um, even if they're not on the cap table, even if they're not on the cap table, that's right. Um, uh, the second thing is, is what's good for investors. You know, they were the ones that ponied up the money to, to make a lot of this happen. This has got to be good for them. And the third one is, is, is myself. And if, uh, if, if, those first two groups are taken care of. I know that I'm going to be taken care of. So I definitely, um, we've, we had early buyout offers, uh, from some big companies, which would have made me very rich, but would have, uh, you know, not been done so well for the employees, not done so well for the investors. And the way that I look at this is my, it's my reputation. Wait, what situation does that happen in? Was there a weird Um, water flow on the cap table or uh, when would you have gotten rich, uh, but they wouldn't? So what happened was uh, we were we were just out of Y Combinator. It was um, 2010. We had just raised. I mean, we had just closed. So we had we had only been running the company for for a matter of months, and we got an offer for about 17 million dollars valuation uh, to buy the company from uh, we'll just say a big internet company. And um, the deal was though that most of the employees that we had hired um, because they were just 
kind of like really down and dirty salespeople. We had about 17 employees at the time. Um, I knew would not have passed muster to, to be hired by this company. And this sort of the story and the vision come in, make this thing, make this thing happen. Um, and maybe you'll uh, be able to participate in, in the wealth. Uh, that wouldn't have happened for them. Um, and, uh, and then for the investors, what they wanted to do was they wanted to just, um, uh, they wanted to take all of the money that they were going to pay me and my my co-founder, um, and they wanted to do that in a, a, a ten-year payout, which is kind of weird. Um, but then they wanted to uh, put just and give the investors the, their money back. So basically, the way that I was looking at it was like, well, they're getting their like one x liquidation or whatever, but that's not really a good deal for the investors. And that's not why they signed up. And I know that like one of our investors, uh, Steve Anderson from Baseline Ventures, you know, he had a couple of rounds before us had invested in Instagram and Weebly and uh, Heroku. Um, he only did, at the end, about eight deals a year. I knew that the most valuable thing for, for Steve <laughs> was his time. And so I didn't want to waste his time by saying like, you make a bet on me and then you're just going to get your money back in a couple of months. That wasn't okay to me. And, and this big company didn't really want to budge on that. Interesting. So they wonder, even though the deal value was 17 million, they basically structured it to get around the natural cap table water flow to incentivize you and your co-founder and kind of not be so good for employees and early investors. That's right. Interesting. Um, interesting. Okay, very good. Um, I mean, something else that goes through my head, right? A lot of, you're, you're seeing all these deals happen with Bezos going after the Washington Post. You have Steve Jobs' widow going after 50% of the Atlantic. Vice Media is in trouble. Uh, you've got a time, fortune, and money, right? All old print assets up for sale right now. I mean, you, you must have you have unique insights from a data perspective into lots of newspapers, right? That if a private equity firm had hands on it, they could do a newspaper roll-up strategy. I mean, would you ever go raise a bunch of money as a sidecar vehicle and roll up these things? Well, I mean, it's already happening right now. So the biggest newspaper company in uh, North America right now is Gatehouse Media. It's um, actually financed by a group called Fortress Capital, and they're doing exactly this. Um, There's a couple other smaller funds that are doing something similar, um, would you and, ever pursue that though? I mean, you'd be the perfect guy to do this as a thing, like roll up that part of your supply chain. I wouldn't do it in the way that they're doing it. And the problem with some private equity, um, I feel like they're really gutting the value that the newspapers have in the, uh, in their local markets by eliminating a lot of the, the local talent. Editorial. Um, editorial. Yeah. Editorial and sales. Um, I think that there's like one of the big reasons why people work with newspapers is they know that they can go down to the local office and talk to the guy, you yeah. know, or talk yeah. to the gal that, you know, is on their PTA with them. And that's why they continue to advertise in the newspaper. Um, but I think there's a strategy. Um, I think that it's being aggressively pursued right now um, in a way that looks like it's, it's working out. Uh, the problem is I worry that it's actually hurting lo- local journalism. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I would say Principles by Ray Dalio. That's a good new one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Following or studying. I mean, uh, I like watching the world burn. So I'm watching Elon Musk and kind of his antics right now on Twitter. Yeah. I was going to say he literally right before we came on announced he's potentially looking at taking Tesla private. Do you think he does it? I think that he does 100% of the things that he claims he's going to do. And <laughs> and there's like an inverse relation to how crazy it looks. So probably. Interesting. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? 
this is going to sound lame, but I'm just going to say Gmail. That's not that lame. All right. And uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Probably five to six. Okay. Not, it's not bad. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? I have four kids. I'm divorced. Four kids. Holy mackerel. Okay. Four kids, uh, not married. And how old are you, Lloyd? Uh, 36. 36. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um... Wow. When to quit, I guess. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Uh, it's, it's Sometimes it's easy to start as an entrepreneur. We always, always have ideas, but you rarely think about, okay, well, how long do I give myself to see if this thing reaches scale before I decide now is the time to quit this gracefully? He wishes he maybe knew that earlier. But meantime, Own Local is growing, caught 20, 30% year over year growth. They did 11 million bucks in revenue in 2017. Again, helping uh, over 4 billion impressions across many, many newspapers around the country, basically print and, and change print advertising into a new digital stream for them. They're looking at expanding today, founded about in 2010, 3.5 million bucks raised, Own Local. Lloyd, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much.